Welcome to Behind the Line, where we pull back the curtain on the challenges facing first responders and frontline workers. The work you do is unique, and so are the stresses that go with it. Join me as we tackle key issues to reduce risks for burnout, and as we work to support you in doing the job you love without sacrificing being the kind of person you want to be. Hey there, and welcome back to Behind the Line. I'm your host, Lindsay Foss. If you're new to Behind the Line, what you should know about me is that I'm a clinical counselor specializing in trauma therapy. And after over a decade working with first responders and frontline workers around issues like burnout, compassion fatigue, PTSD, and related OSIs, I've become a passionate wellness advocate and educator for those who sacrifice so much for our communities out on the front lines. Behind the Line is a place for us to talk about the real-life behind-the-scenes challenges facing you on the front lines. I created this podcast with the hope of bringing easy access to skills for wellness, allowing you to find greater sustainability both on the job and off. I'm not sure where you're at in your world right now. Maybe you feel like you're totally killing it. Maybe you feel like you're drowning. Maybe you're somewhere in between. As for me, I'm in this weird and uncertain and beautiful stage of change and transition. I know that change can be scary for a lot of people, myself included, for sure. But this stage, I'm finding myself embracing it, reveling in it, actually, And as I've been working through this in my own life, I'm aware that this is something we all go through, and I thought we could spend the next few weeks talking about stages of life, adjusting to meeting the changing moments, and working to realign ourselves each and every time to work at being the people we really want to be. Stages of life are kind of funny to me. We all know that they happen that we ebb and flow between stages where we feel really capable and on top of things to a time where we feel tired and lagging, to stages of insecurity and anxious uncertainty, back to stages of feeling like we are our best selves. We've felt them. We see them clearly when we look back and recognize in hindsight that we were working through something challenging then, or were in a highlight phase of our lives way back when. Yet, despite knowing about these ebbs and flows cognitively, we often struggle to own and recognize them for what they are in the moment. We fight them or fall victim to them. We feel caught up and struggle to see the forest for the trees. In the thick of it, we feel like it's about us, how we aren't good enough, strong enough, on top of it enough, intentional enough. Eight years and six weeks ago, I gave birth to my first child. Before he arrived, I was sure I was going to wrestle with parts of the momming journey, but I also felt equipped and was sure I was going to be super productive during my 10-week, yep, hashtag self-employed life, mat leave. I thought I knew by and large how it was going to go. Sure, I'd be tired. Sure, it would be draining. 
but baby sleep. And during that time, I was going to finally get caught up on all those things I never had time to get to. I had baskets and a deep freeze filled with pre-made meals and systems I was sure would keep us on top of the laundry and the diapers and feeds. I have a hunch you know where I'm going with this, and if you are a parent, you are probably laughing at me. To my dear husband, this is the one and only time you will ever hear me say this phrase. I was wrong. The exhaustion was shocking. I didn't realize that I had never known tired before in my whole life until I knew this kind of tired. I didn't realize that whatever had felt hard or overwhelming in my whole entire life before now seemed like a trivial joke compared to how hard and overwhelming so many things felt while sleep-deprived, hormonal, and failing at everything I imagined I was going to do and be. While I was in it, I didn't even totally realize how hard it was. I was just surviving it. Especially when I went back to work full-time seeing clients and giving so much of myself at work, and then so much more being needed from me at home, there wasn't a lot left of me for me. A couple of years after I had my first, a close loved one took me aside and asked how I was doing. I said I was feeling a lot better than I had at our previous visit as we had transitioned out of nursing and he was sleeping better. And she shared that she could tell and had been incredibly worried about me at our last several visits since my son had been born. That was the first moment that I realized it was obvious to everyone else. I thought I was doing a decent job of barely holding it all together, and I thought others thought I was doing really well, all things considered. Turns out I was wrong about that, too. Shortly after we hit this stride where things felt a bit calmer for a beat, I was pregnant with baby number two, and when she arrived, we were faced with new demands and dynamics and challenges. And as I'm sure you all know and feel in your own worlds, life doesn't stop lifing. So we also wrestled with cars breaking down, leaks in our ceiling, passing of loved ones, and other big things that really take the wind out of your sails. My youngest is now five and just started kindergarten. She's ready. And we are ready. And this is where we hit this idea of stages of life. For the past few months, as we prepared for both kids being in school full-time, there's been this opening, some space. I don't know why it felt like it started before they actually started school. Honestly, it's been since June that I've been feeling it. But it's been this awareness that change is coming and that I'm going to have to make a choice about how I will move through it. Will I resist it or will I embrace it? Now, in all honesty, both options feel like options. On the one hand, I've spent the last eight years of my life being needed every single moment of every single day. Whether it's needed from my kids, from my husband, from my family and friends, from my colleagues and staff, or from my clients, There is almost never a moment where I am not needed. 
with that comes two things. First, a feeling of self-importance. Being needed while completely exhausting also feels kind of nice. To feel useful, wanted, of meaning and value is lovely. And we can build a relationship to being needed that has difficulty when that level of demand pulls back a bit. Because what does that mean about me? Am I still important if I'm less needed? And second, being needed all the time can force us to lose track of ourselves. When we are busy constantly being what everyone else needs us to be, who the hell are we when the needs slow down? What is left of us and for us when we're not being something to someone else? These two pieces really invite resistance in this stage of transition. They are real, and if not carefully attended to, can lead us into the temptation of filling freed up time and energy and space with new demands, new pressures, new places to be needed. The downside to this is that it's not particularly sustainable and doesn't give us the gift of trying on a new stage, even if that means some discomfort in the shift. Behind the Line is sponsored by Beating the Breaking Point. Beating the Breaking Point is a seven-part online training program designed specifically for first responders and frontline workers and tailored to fill the gaps in your training to support resilience and sustainability. Whether you're new to the work and wanting to cultivate tools to prevent burnout, compassion fatigue, and related concerns, or you are deep into your years on the job and have gone a few rounds with burnout and other mental health challenges, this program offers the foundational pieces you need to support personal and professional wellness for the long haul. You are a helper. You love your work and you sacrifice a lot. Investing in you and your sustainability is the best gift you can give yourself and those who lean on you. We make this program as risk-free as possible by offering a limited money-back guarantee to ensure that it's a fit for you. If you enjoy Behind the Line, you are going to love this program. Google Beating the Breaking Point Lindsay and find everything you need to get started, or use the link in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. So... To embrace change will mean some degree of discomfort. It will mean tangling with questions about who I am and what I want and how I want to be more in alignment with the version of me I hope to craft and create. It will demand an active state of claiming. Claiming what I want. Claiming willingness to explore and experiment to learn who I am and who I want to be trying things on to discover myself, and perhaps learning along the way some things that are hard or uncomfortable. Over the coming weeks, we're going to explore together some of the ways we can claim ourselves and seek to align and realign ourselves with who we want to be when we face changes in our stage of life. The beginning of all of these efforts, though, will always be the same. Awareness. 
We can't ask good questions or be intentional in enacting an action plan or purposefully move to align ourselves if we lack awareness of where we're at and what needs to happen to move us where we want to go. We can't get found if we don't know we're lost. And we can't make the most of any given stage if we're unaware that we're in it. When I look back at the last eight years, it hasn't been consistently hard. It has ebbed and flowed in its own right. There have been lighter times and heavier times. And in those times, I feel like I had awareness that it wouldn't last forever. Frankly, I think that awareness is what helped me survive some of the really hard parts. Trusting that this is a stage, it will be for a time, and it will change. Knowing that I only needed the resources to meet the moment for that moment, and then the moment would shift, and I would shift with it. While I may not have had all the clarity in the world that hindsight now offers me, I could pause in moments and take stock of where I was, what was going on, what I was struggling with and could make adjustments to work at aligning with being who I could be during this stage. Sometimes that aligning was different than I thought. Instead of aligning to things I thought I cared deeply about, like not being on devices in front of my kids, I learned that instead I needed to align with grace for myself and permission to mentally disconnect for short periods in order to offer a better version of me in the next needed moment. While I still valued managing how much my kids saw me staring at my phone and worked to be intentional about when and how this went, I aligned to that value in a way that felt reasonable once I was in the thick of it and recognized my own needs for sanity. The thing about aligning is that it's not a static fixed state. It moves. We get to move it. We get to decide that something I thought would be important to me isn't as meaningful as I suspected it would be. We develop flexibility and hold multiple tensions simultaneously. As space opens up now with my youngest starting school, I'm exploring the questions of who I choose to be and how I will choose to embrace this time. Admittedly, I feel sad. I miss some of our special time together. Like Tuesday mornings when we used to have girls' morning and make puzzles while sipping coffee for me and hot chocolate for her. But while I hold that sadness for a time that is done, I also hold tension that my Tuesday mornings can now be spent however I like. I have space to do things that matter to me. What in the world matters to me and how will I choose to fill it? If we let ourselves, these can become fun questions. And if we grant ourselves permission, we can allow these to become a time for experimentation and scientific discovery about who we are and what we care about. Most especially if you've lost sight of yourself for a long stretch of time and forgotten who you are without your work or your kids or whatever other demands you've been meeting to the exclusion of yourself. For me, I know that I have a few things that have mattered to me that I've not been able to manage while in a stage of life with such high demands. I know that I'm really impacted by my surroundings and that life with kids is messy. 
I never feel on top of my home and generally always feel like I'm drowning in crap. I also find that I don't have time to do things like shop for myself without being in a big rush to get home and make a meal or spend time with my kids. So I'm looking forward to leisurely wandering a store with nowhere to be and nothing else to do. I imagine a cup of Starbucks in my hand and a look of pure joy and peace spread across my face. I mentioned that this feeling of space started a while ago, and when it began, I decided on two things that mattered to me that I hadn't previously had the time, energy, or capacity to fit into my life. One was time to focus on my spiritual self-care, and the other was time to exercise regularly. So over the past few months, I've adapted my time and prioritized these things. And you know what? It's the best I've felt in ages. The most me I have felt in quite some time. I spend 30 minutes each morning engaged in practices that feel spiritually meaningful to me. It's a time to anchor to what matters, reflect on what needs reflection, and consider how to shape my day to do the best I can. I wake up a bit early to do this, which has also meant being more intentional about my bedtime to support its sustainability. And while I used to exercise semi-regularly, two to three times a week generally, it would always be a bit half-assed because I wasn't really feeling it and really just doing it because I knew I should. I've been intentional to find some workouts I really like, and I've invested in a couple of apps that help make it easy and decently challenging, and I've been able to work myself into a routine of exercising five days a week, sometimes more, and it doesn't really feel like work. It feels like my time for releasing the day and sloughing off whatever I've been carrying around with me. Notice that aligning isn't just in the tasks or choices, right? The choice to exercise, but also in the mindset and spirit of engaging them. I've talked about this concept with self-care before, that it's not just a matter of doing the self-caring activity. What makes it self-care is the heart with which you do the thing. Doing the things at another time would have felt like additional burden, and the story of additional burden would have fed into the larger story of being burdened and demanded of in so many ways. But in embracing this time and allowing the spirit with which I do the things to be informed by this new stage, I'm genuinely enjoying them and feeling fed by them. Over the next few weeks, we're going to continue talking about stages of life, transitions, both good and hard, and how we align and realign with awareness and intention to claim who and how we want to be in the midst of it. I hope you'll follow along and that you'll connect with me to let me know where you're at in this journey for you. And as you sit with your own questions around where you're at and whether you feel in alignment with where you long to go and who you long to be, I want to invite you to also consider whether joining my Beating the Breaking Point Resilience Training Program might be right for you. We're going to be promoting the program at reduced rate one last time, beginning October 18th until the 27th. I'll have more details for you soon, but in the meantime, I want you to ponder whether prioritizing your mental health and wellness and investing in your resilience might be a piece for you 
in shifting toward better alignment. You can learn about the details of the program by clicking the link in the show notes. And for more information on the promotion, it'll be posted soon. I hope you'll consider registering. As we wrap up for today, I want to remind you to please reach out and connect if you have any questions or feedback. You know I love hearing from you and shaping this podcast to echo your needs and interests. I love hearing about what you're working on and how you're using what we talk about on the show. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Lindsay A. Foss, where you can follow me or tag me, or you can email me at support at thrive-life.ca. I'm continuously grateful that so many of you are keen to share about Behind the Line and spread the word to others you know on the front lines. We've continued to watch listenership explode, and it is entirely because of you. Thank you so much for sharing. Know that we can be found online on our website, on most major podcast platforms, as well as on YouTube. Click subscribe to get alerts about our latest episodes, or subscribe to our email list to hear more from me about all the exciting things we have going on and coming up. You'll find all the details you need in the show notes, along with links to our free Beating the Breaking Point Indicators Checklist and Triage Guide to help facilitate self-assessing burnout and related concerns. We make all of this available to you because the work you do matters. But more than that, you matter. And we want to make sure you have what you need to keep up the good work at work, as well as in your very real and meaningful life outside of the work you do. So use it and share it. And until next time, stay safe.